welcome along to another Forever Blue podcast. Not quite the last one of the season, and in fact, we're going to continue on throughout the summer uh, with sh- slightly shorter podcasts, but uh, more reflective podcasts, shall we say. But of course, tonight's is very topical because it comes just after the Champions Parade and also the FA Cup final win uh, down at Wembley by six goals to nil. Unbelievable. I'm Ian Cheeseman and I've... Um, well, I've got two squads with me tonight, really. There's, uh, there's six of the gang here. Hello, everybody. Um, and thanks very much to uh, Hot Click Marketing, who are a Manchester company who can get you to the top of Google Ads. Tony runs it. If you follow the link, which is at hot underscore click, or look at the, the website, you'll be able to contact him directly. He's very amenable, very helpful. And if you say that you've been listening to the Forever Blue podcast and been recommended, I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll look after you, even more than he would have done anyway. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's introduce the first three. We're going to do a bit of a swap at half-time. When the pies and bovril come round, we're going to swap <laughs> over. So uh, we're going to start with, uh, with the A-team, shall we call Hooray! them? <laughs> so, uh, so who are the A-team? Hello, um, Prestige Carapaz. <laughs> I'm Shotty Harrow's biggest fan. <laughs> no, uh, I'm Matty Dove. Uh, you might know me from the podcast this season and City Matters rep as well. What's wrong with your hand? Uh, playing football last night and I scraped it against the gate and cut all my hand open. So for those who are maybe watching, you'll be able to see. He's got a nice little bandage on. When you arrived tonight, you told me you'd just bumped into somebody famous. Yes. And then I saw your hand and I thought, he's going to show me an autograph. Uh, on his. I thought that's what that was. Mr. Trick. But it was only Kyle Walker, so not much to lose there. No Keith Lemons. <laughs> <laughs> right, who's, who are you? I'm Will. Um... Usually I'm behind the camera, but in front of the camera today. Uh, just about getting over Wembley. I think the season's definitely taken the toll on me. I feel knackered, I feel ill, but I'm glad. I'm glad. I can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> just, all right, I'm Louisa. Um, obviously, you know me from the podcast and from Blue Tuesday. And Will looks like he's about 40 and he's only about 20. So, yeah, <laughs> I can see he's definitely... Season's knackered him out proper. Well, the end of the season uh, even uh, stretched it further because there was Wembley, there was a cost of going to Wembley. If you didn't go, then there was probably a few drinks while you were watching on TV or whatever. Then there was the parade through Manchester... Tell me your experience of it all. Tell me how you're feeling at the moment after all this. Pretty sad. (laughs) (laughs) On top of the moon, to be honest. I think Wembley was just such an incredible day out. And to win by 6-0 was... I didn't even foresee that coming. I don't think even the most optimistic City fan could have. Because we all expected Watford Watford to give us some sort of game. And to be fair, he did did for the first 10, 15 minutes. And then... We got into gear, but yeah, brilliant day out and same with the parade. Luckily, we had two nice days in terms of weather. So it was a good day out with the family and then with the mates for the parade as well. So yeah, it's been a great week. You were on the big screen at Wembley and uh, because you'd forewarned us, (laughs) when the screen started showing the video, I thought, right, I'm going to film this. And I even put a little bit of you in my vlog. What was it like seeing yourself on the big screen? Well, I was actually on it twice. Um, Not a lot of people would have seen the first because they asked me to go on and do an interview with Danny Jackson, who people know from City, uh, presenter. We did a bit an hour before kick-off, so I got took to the um, pitch side and Pep walked past me. I was like, do I ask him for a selfie? But I bottled it because uh, I didn't want security throwing me out of Wembley just before the cup final. Um, yeah, it was a bit, bit surreal seeing myself on the screen twice. 
little bit of Mickey taking by the beach. Yeah, some Just going to uh, walk away from the mic to give Paul a smack in the face. <laughs> what was it like for you, Will? Um, yeah, I think I agree with Matty when he says I don't think any of us expected a win like that. Um, I've got to admit, I expected it to go to extra time for some reason. I thought we were in for a long, hard slog, but no, 6 0. I mean, after the second goal, I'd say it was just party mode, really, wasn't it? We could all just relax and drink it all in. Where were you watching the game? I was at Wembley. Um, I was in just behind the goal. We were all stood up and singing and chanting, so yeah, cracking day out. Were you quite low down then? Yes, I was. How much did, can I ask you how much you paid for your ticket? 115. So, was it worth it? I think any time you go and see win, see City win a trophy, it's got to be worth it, hasn't it? I mean, I probably wouldn't have paid the two fifty. One one five was just about as much as it, as much as it'd go really. But yeah, cracking day. You were there. You were there the I day that indeed. City won the treble, the formidable, the quadruple, the mini quad, whatever you want to call it. You were there. It's got to be worth a lot of money, hasn't it? What about you, Louisa? Whereas I wasn't there, story of my life. <laughs> Miss out on everything. I think that's the lucky charm for City, though, when I'm not actually there. So, you know, it's so best to stay starting away. starting a campaign, yeah. you don't go anymore. Stay right? away, Fair I don't enough. go, I don't want to sit at home. No, no, I sat at home, uh, didn't have the finances for the final. Although I did notice my dad down there didn't even mention he were going. Yes, you can hear me, BW. Um, <coughs> and um, for the uh, parade... I couldn't get, actually uh, get down there. I had a bit of a bad day with my fibromyalgia, so um, couldn't get to see you guys and celebrate, which was a shame, but I got it up on the laptop, and so I managed to see it all. The, the, all the cameras were live and all the cameras followed. Of course, I would have loved to have been there, but it would be a bit impossible for me. So, how, how good was the City performance in that final, and how much was it Watford collapsing or not turning up? I think I think it was all us really. Um, they they had a ten fifteen minute spell at the, right at the start where they looked strong, but Edison shut them down completely. And I think after that we just asserted our game. And that was it. There's, obviously Watford are going to go there to try and get a result, but if we don't allow them to, then that's the end of the story, isn't it? I couldn't see that they had any real form in the, in the first half. I just kind of felt like they were trying to sort of shut the door or park the bus, but they weren't really doing it in an organised way. So I thought we just struggled to get through them and get a flow going, even whether it's a fast flow or a slow flow that we, we can switch up or switch down. And I just felt that because they were playing, for me personally, I just felt they were playing a bit odd. Um, and then that's kind of what mucked us up a bit. Because sometimes when, when you're on the pitch and you're playing and you can tell you can start to guess what players are going to be doing, then all you know, great, you can start skipping around them or start crossing balls. But they they just seem to be all over the place a bit. They just didn't seem to really know what they were doing. So were you surprised that Jesus started? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I thought Aguero would have started, and he didn't come on at all, did he? So. No, I mean, it makes me wonder whether Sergio had some sort of an injury. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, that sounds like I'm putting uh, Jesus down, but I, I think Sergio, fully fit Sergio, would have started. And a lot of people, again, would have looked, especially after he started at Brighton and was taken off after about an hour, looked at the selection of Riyad Mahrez and questioned that one about, about us a little bit. And there's, there's been a lot of talk about Leroy Sane by City fans just recently saying... You know, is he going to leave? What's the problem? You know, what what's your feeling as fans? I mean, do you, would it bother you if suddenly you found out that Leroy Sainer was going to, to Bayern Munich? 
Um, do, do you would you rather he start the derby? Where do you stand on Leroy Sane? I think I'd be gutted if he left. To be honest, because I think there's still so much more for us to see from him at the minute. We're, and I feel like I've been saying this for a while: is that he's very hit and miss. So sometimes he looks like a world beater. Sometimes he looks disinterested. And I really want to see the world class Leroy Sane that we we signed before he does leave. But it is it is difficult because when you see Pep with Sane, they look to have a good relationship. But you don't know how much of that is. Pep trying to sort of force it and a lot of it might be to do with the cameras and stuff but they do seem to get on when you see them together on camera um, but he, he is such a talent and it, yeah he'd be gutted if he left to be honest because he's difficult to replace I think everyone keeps saying you know oh, if we get 100 million for him I'll be happy I don't want to sell him at any price I think if he can reach his full potential he could be one of the best players in the world and that's you know two, three hundred million in what could be five years time so I think if we were to sell him for 100 million to buy Munich and he goes on to be a Ballon d'Or contender, I think we'll see it as a mistake. Is there a problem with him? I mean, we, obviously there's a lot of rumours of maybe it not being quite right off the field, but from what you've seen on the field, which is the bit we can judge, do you think that there's something wrong? Is he, is he not putting the work rate in? Sometimes he looks a little stroppy, I've noticed. Definitely, yeah. You sort of like, if he, if he makes a run and the pass doesn't come, you see his arms go up and yeah. And I get that as a footballer, you're frustrated if you make that run, you think, oh, I could have been in then. But you just got to get on with it and like go the next time. And Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of an attitude problem there, which might be why he was left out of the Germany squad. Um, but he is a phenomenal player, but if there's one manager who can get the best out of him, you'd think it was Pep Guardiola. So if he feels that it's right to sell him, then you, you have to trust Pep. The players, when, when the parade happened, you know, came on stage and players came in on in batches, and I noticed that Leroy Sane got one of the biggest reactions. Um, so that shows how popular he is with City fans, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he came on just a sort of few seconds really after the others, didn't he? Um, and everyone was, you know, Levi, Levi, massive reaction. Um, I would be totally gutted if he left because, um, even on the telly you can see it, but when you actually stood there live, and especially where Paul Prestige Car sits down in that bottom corner, where <laughs> where <laughs> Le- 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 you know Leroy uses that corner, he comes up to that corner, and you can see the God-given talent bit like Bernardo you can see it in him with the ball sticking to his feet you can see it in Sane don't think we should get rid of him I'll be gutted if he goes if he's got personal problems there may be some way to sort them out do you remember Jesus not long ago was having some real difficult issues his family came over and and spent a couple of weeks and then after that he switched it on and he came alive and he's been absolutely fantastic since I also think if anything is to happen to someone like Sterling, don't forget he does international duties, then we're going to need someone like Sane anyway to still stretch out that wing. So in in one respect, I don't want a first team and a bench full of half-decent players. I think we still need the bench we've got. First-rate players, first-class players can be switched around if there's injuries or if there's a, a you know, they just need to bring somebody on. But so. how long, how long do you get where you keep leaving world-class players on the bench, on you know, on a consistent basis? You've got to give them a point where you say, you know, you're better than this. You you deserve to be playing every game every yeah. minute. But to be fair, 
do they deserve to not be on the bench for the performances they've had? Like Mares, when he was on the bench, did he deserve to be starting? Sane, does he deserve to be starting in a minute? That's why we are so, like we are so dominant in the league, and we have such a strong squad. Is that players know if they don't perform, they're going to be dropped yeah. to the bench. And that's why Zinchenko stepped it up really because he was exactly. kind of a bit hit and miss on and off. Then when we had the defense issues, he just seems to slot into this amazing position. Um, and, but if we do get a, a defender in, in the transfers, then Zinchenko might be able to move because he's really great at moving up that wing and moving forward. And, and especially then passes that he seems to make, it's to, to me, is kind of almost replicating Bernardo on the other side. He seems to be able to pass, pass, get it back, pass, pass. And, he, you know, he's got this vision. So if Sane does go... We've still got Zinchenko to move forward. Well, Zinchenko's been slotting in for Mendy, and Mendy, in theory, is going to be fit next season. Do you see Zinchenko playing at left back, or, or I mean, it's obviously a time for reflection at this time. Now it's all over. You know, how do you assess Zinchenko, and is he part of the future now? I'd like to think so, um, but we know Pep's pretty ruthless, and if Mendy comes back next season in form establishes himself as one of the world's best left-backs. Zinchenko's not going to get a look in, sadly. As much as I'd like him to, you know, he's done excellent this season. I think he'd make a great backup to Mendy. Again, if Mendy hits top form. But, like I say, Pep's ruthless, so... So it sounds like you're leaning on the side of Mendy still being the first choice. If fully can, fit Mendy. If he can prove himself. But I think he's got a lot to prove. It, it does sound harsh on Zinchenko, but Mendy, if he is fully fit, and what we've seen in the glimpses we've seen of him is twice the left-back that Zinchenko is. And that's not disrespectful to Zinchenko because he's not a left-back. He's done a fantastic job. But to be fair, the season before, Delft did. Delft this season has not had a look in, but the season before, he did quite a, a good job at left-back. But I think if Mendy is fully fit, which doesn't seem likely ever at the minute... But uh, if he is, then it, it will be tough for Zinchenko because I can't see him being put in up the pitch rarely because of the amount of quality we have going forward. But it's just one of them things, isn't it? I've got two squads worth of uh, talent here. I'll be bringing the bench on <laughs> a bit later on. So I'm going to ask the similar questions, actually, to, to, to the other group as well. Um, so there's like going to be two halves here. Um just let me ask you then about Vincent Company. Obviously, the <laughs> announcement comes after after. The, well, go on then. What do you make of that? Martin? Oh, I mean, maybe maybe it is the right time. I think what a, what a time to leave the club. You think his last home game, he scored a screamer to practically give us the title, nearly get us there. Last away game, he's lifted the Premier League title, and his last ever game, he's won the FA Cup. So, fantastic way to go out and. You can't, you can't blame him for maybe wanting to move on. He hasn't really featured that much this season, but when he has, he's done a phenomenal job and he's been a phenomenal captain for our club over the last 10 years and he's seen us go from a mid-table team to a, a dominating team. So what a rise he's had. And yeah, he's, he's been magnificent on and off the pitch. Can't praise him enough. And it's going to be very difficult to replace him, but I think he'll still have a place in Manchester and in Manchester City for the rest of his life. So... Are you disappointed he's not staying on in some other role and that he's gone to Anderlecht? Obviously, he's player manager. Um, no, because I think there will come a time where maybe there is a role here for him. I'm sure, I think the club tried in some capacity to keep him, but if he wants to carry on playing and 
he wants to give it a go as a manager as well, then yeah, you can't you can't stop him really. And fair play to him. And if if that managerial experience that he gets at Anderlecht helps him in the future, maybe maybe one day we could see him managing City. I don't know how he's gonna be as a manager. You never know until they actually do it. But yeah, I think fair play to him. Good luck to him at Anderlecht, and hopefully we'll see him back at City one day in the future. There are rumours as we sit here that Pep might be being, uh, or they might be preparing a new contract for Pep. Um, the, the suggestion I'd seen was that he's currently apparently on £15 million a season that would be up to 20 um, and it would be a five-year contract from now i.e. three years on top of the two he's already got um, if that's the case and I'm bringing this back to Vincent Company initially although you can react to that, that suggestion that Pep's stay might be extended but if that's true Vincent Company in five years from now has been Anderlecht manager for five years and is possibly in the position where he could succeed him. Exactly. I, I can see that happening. And I think the reason why a lot of people are saying, you know, why didn't he stay on as a coach or, you know, pay him 200 grand a week to just sit in the dressing room and lead, basically. But Vincent's too good for that. He's, I think he's too, um, he's got that drive in him that just, he's, he's not going to want to, you know, put cones up on City's training ground. He wants to be the man. And the only way he can do that is starting, I wouldn't say the bottom, but it's very close to the bottom, I'd say. He has to try and get that managerial experience, doesn't he? Because at the moment, we literally don't... He, he is a very intelligent person, but transferring that into a managerial role is a completely different aspect for him to take on. So it is good that he's going to go and get that experience and hopefully it works out for him. Pep got that chance at Barcelona and he's one of the best managers in the world. So they can start at the top, but I think it is better for him to go and get a bit of experience somewhere first and then hopefully in the future when Pep leaves, he can... I mean, I think he's been a, obviously just fantastic. He really he really has been. Um, but I also kind of come with more of a psychological opinion as well of um, dynamics changing when somebody leaves the group. Look at the dynamics tonight with all with all of us in here. You know, it's it's been like a mini party. I mean, you know, we usually have a good time, don't we? But <laughs> we're all here, and with Vincent leaving, that leaves other people that may have been that maybe their personality was just being kept lower or a bit under, and you don't know who's actually going to step up, step forward, feel more confident. You know, you see it in all these reality shows soon as people start leaving or getting voted out, the dynamics change and the quiet ones in the corner, so you suddenly notice them and think, oh, wow, you know, this is a really fantastic person. Well, this is brilliant. So, you know, there's, there's a psychology to it, and I think it'll okay, be good. Can I just ask a quick question? Who do you all think will replace him as captain? It's a good question. I mean, I personally think that Kevin De Bruyne is the natural successor. Um, and it's interesting listening to Louisa talking about personalities coming to the fore. Kevin De Bruyne, although he does communicate a lot with the media and he's not, he's been used to that from from where he's come from. It does feel as if he is at the point where he's just ready to uh, show us the full range of his personality. He's had a year on the sidelines, not through his own choice, through injury, and that could have also given him a slightly different viewpoint from the from the touchline. So I, that would be my feeling. I mean, obviously there's David Silva and Fernandinho and places like that, but they're all, they're the older players. Kevin De Bruyne is at the right age to me to be the one who comes through as the successor. Although, obviously, if City make, made a move for the Ajax uh, centre-back, yes. De Ligt, you know, who himself at 19, 19, 
already seems a born leader. Yeah. You know, you do wonder whether somebody like him might, if, if they were to get all of him, rumours of him going to Barcelona and whatnot. But to me, the, the group that's already there, it'd be, it'd be De Bruyne. I think my choice, and it's a name that I've not heard much, um, Bravo. Johnson. <laughs> John, sorry. Murich. <laughs> um, John Stones. I think if he can get his form up and we keep hold of him for 10, 12 years, I can see him. See, I, li- I like Laporte. I think Laporte um, could step in. Very, very easily, very simply, just step in. So the two weaknesses, um, and it's only opinion, obviously, of those arguments, is that John Stones um, does just seem to lack uh, uh, sort of imposing himself on mm. games. And I think the captain needs to be an, an imposer. Mm. When you look at the way Vinnie Company played and the way John Stones plays... Um, what what whatever the strengths and weaknesses on there as players, the one thing that you can't deny is that John Stones imposes himself. Sorry, Vincent Company imposes himself. Mm-hmm. John Stones is is more almost timid. He might yeah, he's very he, quiet. Isn't so it? I don't I, yeah. I, unless I mean there, there could be the argument to say that John Stones now blooms, yeah. which is what yeah. you're talking, and suddenly he, he yeah. comes out of his shell. Um, so that that would be my my view. But after on, seeing on the him. way the way Laporte's played in the last few games, and even the header, you know, which is classic company, it really is. To me, that kind of showed that he is, as well as a defender, more than prepared to come into that box and score for that team. And to me, that's you know, and I I've always liked captains being at the back anyway, being in that defence, um, you know, being very close to the keeper being the one that kind of takes that responsibility when it needs taking. And I, 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 again, talking about psychology, I think that there's, there's definitely a psychology to being a captain in the defence because I think that makes the defence stronger. Um, I love De Bruyne, don't get me wrong, he's, he's still my ultimate favourite player since he arrived at the club. Um, but regarding captaincy, I think it should be at the back and I really think Laporte would step into that perfectly next season and I think he would blossom. Let me also ask you about the, the celebration, the parade. Were you at the, all at the parade? Yes. I made it to the... Apart from Louise, obviously, who <laughs> didn't go. Oh, well, I was there in spirit. <laughs> you watched it, presumably, because yeah, I watched the way it you're talking yeah. about it, so yeah, you've seen what online, happened. Yeah. What did you make of the parade? I was quite impressed. Um, I saw him leave the town hall and I thought I was going to be clever by not seeing the rest of the parade and running straight to the cathedral. That's what I did. I think about (laughs) 10,000 people beat me to it because, yeah, they wouldn't let me in. Um, And then I noticed that more and more crowds were heading towards the cathedral expecting to be let in and they weren't, so... I died. I saw what I needed to see. I saw the players. I saw a bit of the route. And that what, t- what time did you try and get? Because I, I, th- I did that. I went through Deansgate. I followed the bus and then I went round and somehow managed to get into You were running late, weren't you? You said, you yeah, were, but, uh, was it worth going or something? I, I, I yeah. still caught the start of the parade, so yeah. I thought it had been all right. But I ended up going through Shambles Square. Oh, God, I just got a flashback of Shambles Square in the 70s then. That was so bizarre. Do you remember that really old, horrible concrete? So Will didn't really see what happened in the square at the end. You, did you? Neither did I, to be honest. Though. Well, I, I, I could see it a little bit. I was quite far back, but the speaker system was atrocious. I couldn't really hear a word the players were saying. So that's why I think the atmosphere a little bit was 
uh, flat towards the back because we couldn't hear anything. That I only when I watched it back later, I could hear some of the jokes that the players were making and stuff. I couldn't really hear it, but it was nice to be there and obviously give company his, his send off. So yeah, I was, I was glad to be there. You got probably the best view then if well, you were watching did, it online. Well, I did. To be perfectly honest, I got the whole lot. Um, and there was some sort of funny things happening going on. Even Pep getting a bit stroppy about no one listening to him because they were all singing, and he's like, they don't want to listen to me anyway. What's the point in answering the questions? Well, that, that literally and... happened. There was a point where no one around us could hear so we yeah. just started singing yeah. not not out of boredom but we were just like well we can't hear so everyone just started singing so yeah and then what, what, did what happened to the trophy did something happen to it oh that was a, that was a, that was oh, a scam was a joke, right. yeah okay. so overall you, you, I, I suppose the fact that it was a sunny day and it was happening in manchester and city had just won the treble stroke quad means that whatever happened it was going to be okay yeah. was it just mm. a silly i think just seeing town absolutely full of oh, city fans quality I mean obviously you hear different reports on what the attendance figures were and all that lot but I was saying before the, the main photo that was doing the rounds on Twitter you know the people waiting there Selfridges and uh, Marks and Spencers big, big crowd basically and they're all the people who couldn't get into the cathedral so it just shows how many people were actually looking Would to it be not involved. Have been, I mean is the thing outside the town or is that not a bigger space or are they working on it now because I know they're doing some work yeah, on it aren't they because there's no Christmas market 20, this year there I thought last yeah. year when it was outside uh, Beetham Tower was actually better uh, personally now presumably there was some sort of practical reason why that couldn't happen but I thought the layout of that was better um, my family were in the midst of last year on Deansgate facing the Beetham Tower end and had no difficulty hearing everything. This year they were right in the middle of that square in front of the cathedral and couldn't hear a thing oh, that was going on. So that tells me that the acoustics or the speaker system or whatever was yeah. better um, last year. Um, but there you go. Anyway, at this point, I'm going to switch squads. I'm going to bring in the B team. Um, <laughs> so, right, you can turn off now. Yeah, you might as well just go. Make a brew. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, and I'm going to continue on. So, while, while I'm talking, do you want to swap over? Yeah. Um, and then I'll ask them to pick up from, from where we are. We were. Yeah, that was the first, the first, first squad gone. So, um, while we await one of uh, the mob to sit down, who are you? Um, I'm Adam. Um, I'm just recovering um, from, from the last month. I've been absolutely knackered. I've drank way too much. My voice is just coming back and I'm hoping to have it until August. <laughs> uh, I'm Paul, Presti Prestige Car Repairs. <laughs> the real Prestige Car Repairs, not that imposter it was here before. And I do love Shappy Horrors. Yeah, but it was. Whatever yeah. it's called, I love his music. This is somebody you're having banter with on social <laughs> just, media. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, you'll get yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Harlan, uh, at Arthur Man on Twitter. Uh, the one that uh, interrupts people every now and again. Um, yeah, no, in all seriousness, yeah, Die Hard Blue, um, it's been a whirlwind of a season. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and it's been a whirlwind since I was nine years of age, and I wouldn't change a minute of it. So let's go through the story that I've just did with the other three backwards. Let's start with the celebration of the parade. What did you guys make of it? Um, you know what? I'm like, I don't want to... It sounds like I'm boning already, this. I thought it was rubbish. Being perfectly honest... Took me, me grand, I, I wasn't that bothered in going because I had to get out of work early to get to it. It started at six o'clock. Was it six? I think it started at six. Yeah, yeah six, just yeah. after six, oh, yeah. So I had to finish work at half four. Um, got my grandkids. My grandkids were the main basis I went. So they both wanted to, to, to go down and see it. 
Um, well, there was meant to be three of them going. One was two, one's only two, so she got tired and didn't want to go in the end. So I took them both down. We got there at Sinclair's at about half five. Um, it was shut. They weren't letting anybody else through, so we walked around. We got onto Dean's Gate. Um, there was that many people there. I put them on my shoulder. You couldn't. They couldn't see the thing. They got bored. Um, the the acoustics were shocking. You couldn't hear a thing. I don't mean a little bit. You couldn't hear anything. They all had them rubbish blowing things. Uvu type yeah, things. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. hear a thing because of them. Um, they went past on the bus, and when we went. Right. That was it, yeah. basically. I, I thought it, I loved it, because I'm going to a parade, of course, anyway, but I thought last year was better. So I arrived at, I got an early train, I got into Manchester City Centre about half two uh, in the afternoon. I walked down Deansgate to see what the layout was going to be. So I Google Maps it to, th- to see where I could imagine the stage being. I thought, there might be a bit of problems here. There's actually not enough room for the yeah. amount of City fans that are going to be Absolutely, here. Absolutely, yeah. You know, 100,000 last year, 100,000 again is not going to fit. Well, it was 40 like deep. Yeah, and it was unbelievable. So last year there was a, a massive area that they'd, they'd sectioned off to be the, the, the pen where everyone would go in. They'd queue up early and they'd all go in. And they fit loads of people in there going all the way down the back of Deansgate. Whereas this year it was just a small section in front of the cathedral, which wasn't even on the Deansgate main yeah. street. It was just a small, really small section um, that spread across and more, wide, wider than, than more deep, actually. So I was thinking, how's this going to work? Walk past Shambles, it was already packed and they weren't letting people in at half past two in the afternoon. So I'm yeah. thinking, what's this going to be like when what everyone finishes work? Um, I was looking around and around there, there's not that many pubs to go to. They're all bars and it's pizza restaurants and stuff. Thinking, I've got nowhere to sit outside if I'm not going Shambles. So I ended up going inside Beer Keller because they had half-priced beer, so I thought, nice. We had, we, we had a good time in there. I, I had you know, four or five beers in there, came out, ended up going to Sainsbury's to get some crates because there was no, nowhere to really get beers apart from that. And walked out towards Shambles again. They wasn't letting anyone past um, past Shambles, so we thought, he said, you can walk back walk back up the route and then walk back down. So we ended up going back down. And uh, they, let, they did let us into this, this this sectioned area a bit further along where the bus would go um, down, say, the left lane of, of Deansgate and yeah. everyone else was stood on the right lane. And then you'd have the, the partition bit in front. And we were stood in that section and you had great, yeah, the, the build-up beforehand where you'd got, you know, Dickoff came on, you had, you know... The guy from the Smiths there, two lads from Blossoms, you know, chatting and everything, that warm up act. But then when the bus came past, they were still playing the music and they were they, they were dictating the chants. What really annoyed me, you had some pub singers singing, we've got Guardiola, and it was like, it was slower than we'd sing it. Mm. And it wasn't allowing us to build our own atmosphere, so that you could hear the bus, you could, I could hear everyone chanting behind us, all the way up down the other end of Deansgate, thinking, I wish I was a bit further back there, yeah. because I can't, I can't really get a chant going, we were singing, but no one was joining in because the music was too loud where we were. Mm. And then when the bus got down to us, they were still trying to dictate the chants. They did about three different chants, Guardiola, HG, Vincent Company, uh, a Blue Moon maybe. And it was just sort of, again, manufactured, city square manufactured. It's almost like not trusting us to create our own atmosphere. And that annoyed me, but I was legless, I didn't care. I was down there <laughs> for a good few hours. Uh, we managed to smuggle, <laughs> smuggle a few strongbows into the... Uh, into the partition area, you're like, oh, so I know. <laughs> so I was felt a naughty boy, but I got them down me, and uh, I loved it. And it was ace. And but I, uh, the only reason why I thought it was amazing is because obviously you're gonna think it's amazing. Absolutely. It yeah. I didn't have any problems hearing the guys on the stage. I was down at the junction, so the end of Dean's Gate, just behind the part, the, the the front partition bit. So I was pretty close to the stage, really. So I was okay to hear it. 
and Alan, I think you were on the scaffolding just behind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, I could hear it pretty well, so there's no problems with hearing from the stage. But yeah, it was just that trying to manufacture the atmosphere and we didn't need it manufactured because I was hearing it behind, it was going off yeah, behind, yeah. it was great. And when I just it, wished they would have shut up and let us enjoy it, really. When it got to the actual stage show, um, I've seen an awful lot of criticism of that stage show on social media. I've actually been astounded by the level of criticism that's been... Um, I mean, have, did, you, have, did you really take in what happened on the stage show and analyse it, or were you just that gone that it didn't matter? No, no, I did. I, I enjoyed how we got, like, a, <laughs> f- a few... Like, I enjoyed how we had, like, a, they brought on a few lads at a time and they all said the piece. name, by the way. <laughs> no, it was Matt, it was Matt <laughs> Joyce, wasn't it? It was Matt... I've got Matt Joyce. It's Matt Joyce. Joyce, anyway. The, Mike Joyce. Yeah, yeah, Matt Joyce, Mike Joyce. There we go, so he came on. But, um, yeah, so I... I did think I did enjoy the stage show bit. I was quite happy with that with the lads coming out uh, one at a time and the, the the coaching staff coming on before. I didn't think like they dragged it out. I'd, I quite liked the fact that it was dragged out a little bit because we'd all gone there and we'd waited so many hours. It was good that it lasted as well, long as it I'm did. I'm going to put to you what the criticism has been yeah. then because presumably you haven't heard the. No, I, like, I didn't hear anything on the stage show. All I've seen is your vlog. Well, I I could hear it very Forever clearly. Blue vlog. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear everything that happened very clearly. And then, as I say, I've watched this thread of criticism. <laughs> and the criticism was basically aimed at the guy that was presenting the stage show. Oh, he doesn't um, have him, yeah. And uh, there was a, 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 a couple of... Is he the one that does the match day thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and some face. of it... And it was about the... The, the relationship between him and the players at one time Zinchenko said are you drunk um, and he said no I'm a professional I'm not drunk I don't get I don't drink yeah, until does. after the show and you felt very and it felt very awkward yeah. and then there was a, when John Stones came on um, he said to him uh, if you'd have scored at Wembley that would have been seven you didn't get the record breaking goal uh, you know don't you know it must feel a bit sort of uh, I don't know what the word was, but it felt like he was saying to me, must be a bit embarrassed about that. And then John Stone said something like, what sort of a question is that? And he said, you must be used to answering questions. You know, you get yeah, interviewed all the time. And so the whole thing became, yeah. it just felt very was, awkward. Like, like he kind of thinks yeah. he's, ab- like he's, he's, he's obliged to be pally pally with players that don't want to be his mate. Yeah. He's employed by the club to interview players, yeah. but they're not actually pals. Yeah. But he got invited to the after party. I'm sure he had a really good time pretending <laughs> yeah. to be friends with everyone. But he kicked his head in. It sounds then, from the way you're reacting to all this, that none of that mattered. It didn't bother me. It, didn't didn't, bother it annoyed me. me when I watched it back. When I watched when I watched City's live feed of the of the um, prayed back, yeah. and I watched it back. Me and Jess highlighted all three of them incidents that you said then, because yeah. another one as well. I can't remember. He said it was it about too. Pep yeah. wanting to leave the stage. Oh yeah, um, it was. But when 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 Pep, like you say, showed a bit of disgruntlement towards us singing. I think he was like something about ignore that, like ignore it or something along them lines. But yeah. we we literally watched it and we went, I can't believe he said that. And then I went about five minutes later. It was why why do you think people? Maybe it's just one group. I don't know. But why why do you think those people online were so outraged? And and I've seen this huge thread where people are really really upset by it. I why? Think, I think one of them. If it doesn't they, bother you guys, think, that's what I'm saying. Well, I can honestly say I've said earlier that I didn't hear a thing. So I'm I'm going off what you guys are saying, but I'm not a massive fan of you, Ferris. Anyway, he's not a city fan. Uh, he's a pompous, overpaid presenter. At uh, you know, he, yeah, he's a professional presenter, but he's not. I mean, same. I don't want to make I, this personal. I, I, I I'm would only have talking. To have of... seen Mike McLean doing it. 
Right. Or well, you. Or you. Well, obviously, you know. We had Mike Wedderburn last year, didn't we? And he's Sky Sports. He so is, I, but... I, I like I like seeing Mike Wedderburn do it because I think he did it quite oh, well. Oh, he had, Alex, he had a nice Alex, laugh, but didn't. Alex Williams used to do City Live at the uh, yeah. at Manchester Central, mm. and Alex Williams yeah. is really good at doing what he does. I mean, if you're going to do that job, you've got to be a, you've got to be a City fan. Sorry, doing the job he's doing, you have to be a City fan. Well, I think did... I think a lot of people get. It's so everyone's got a moan about something. Oh, I've just moaned about my my thing, and everyone does have their own little moans. And some some that I don't know why what he said would affect people that much that they go outraged about it on Twitter. But well, that's that's, that's, that's the, the reason I brought yeah, yeah. this up. I didn't want it to be a, 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 yeah. a personal thing, but at the same time, the the length and the vociferousness of that whole debate caught me out a little bit. I yeah. think even though at the time I was watching it, I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure you should have said that, and I wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Uh, but still, the, the reaction was very, very strong. I think, Ian, I think the, the players, they've just, they've just come off the back of a, of a humongously successful season. They've played a lot of football. They, they look, listen, they're footballers and people go, they're, they're, paid, they're paid to do it, you know, they shouldn't be tired and all that. They look knackered. They look absolutely knackered. They look like they need an holiday and they need to just rest, rest up and get ready for next season. So they just want to have fun with the fans. They want to dance about. They want to have fun. And it seems to be that with City in general now, when we're doing things at City Square, we're doing things at the parade, it all seems to be too perfect and everything has to be organised and yeah. too structured. And the players just want to be able to come out and have a chat. And Zinchenko was laughing at Hugh when he said it to him. He was just going, hey, what do you mean? And he was going, no, no, I'm professional. And then you saw Zinchenko's face change. And it was more like, this all feels a bit staged now. It doesn't feel yeah, as yeah. fun as it should feel. Yeah. And, it, and it upsets the whole apple cart when it comes to, it's a celebration for God's sake. Yeah. But I think there has to be some sort of organisation to it because when you you bring all the squad on stage, you could bring you know I'm all at the same time, for example. Then what they're going to do? They're going to lift the trophy once and they're all going to go off. People, a lot of people have gone there and waited for a long time to hear from players. And let's face it, yeah. if you all go on stage at once and they go, oh, here's a mic. Let's think. De Bruyne managed to interview a couple of the players quite well, actually. I noticed he he, he showed that he could he could present it himself, actually. But apart from that, if you threw mics on stage to them, lot they wouldn't have a clue what yeah, to do. With that, with that that thing, yeah, I agree with you there. I'm not saying bring everyone on together. What I'm basically saying is that if somebody says something a bit uh, off off script, yeah. it's not a big issue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, Zen- if Zinchenko doesn't take 25 seconds and only takes 20 seconds to say what 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 yeah. Hugh wants him to say, it doesn't really matter. It's only five seconds. My, isn't it? my point is is. There's obviously there's obviously people in that squad who are good speakers, so you interview your good speakers and let the let the others clown around. That's you know. You took what, the words out what, of my mouth. What know, I would have done is I would have said, right, there's five of you beforehand behind behind the stage. I'm going to talk to Kevin De Bruyne. I'm going to talk to Bernardo Silva. Obviously Vincent Company and 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 a group of them like that. And then said one out of each group that comes on. You don't have to go through each one of the four. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They did leave a couple out, you know, clearly David Silva didn't want to speak, um, clearly Aguero really doesn't say much, um, Edison didn't yeah. speak, you know, so there are, but, but you, could have had, you could have had Fernandinho, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Vincent Company, and maybe Zinchenko, because he's actually quite a good talker, and just done that group, yeah. but, but it won it out of each little pocket, yeah. and, and that to me would have been better, yeah. um, but anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to something else because I don't want to make the whole podcast about that. Let's go back now. We're going reverse I'm go order. I'm going to have to go home now and watch it all on YouTube. <laughs> this, is, this was all new to me. This, so. Vincent Company. Now, you know, obviously he's... He, I now feel that Vincent Company. now he's played his, his last game. I know he'll be playing in the testimonial and everything, but his last competitive game, um, I, I've, I'm saying quite categorically that I think now he is uh, an equal, not just 
up there and not just a legend another but he's equal to my all-time hero Colin Bell that's how good he is that's how I much I revere him he's lifted all these trophies while he's been here but he's led from the front he's been a an absolute um, mountain of a man in every sense and to me he has equaled Colin Bell even though you're supposed to keep your boyhood hero for all time am I right I don't know Colin Bell as well as you, um, and I never got to see him play. Well, let's ask a question slightly differently then. You know, are there any heroes from previous generations now that you still revere as much or more, or is Vincent now out there? He's, 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 for me personally, he's out there on his own now, and that's no disrespect to anyone who's gone before him. I look at the people who have been there that I have seen play, so know what impact they've got, and Vincent's. He's miles better than any I've seen. Yeah, so Vinny was nine when I signed for the club. When I, when I signed for the club, back <laughs> when, when I played for the club... He's still drunk. I was in the academy and he got rid of me. Can, yeah. I, can I just replicate the question on stage now? Are you drunk, Adam? <laughs> oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm a professional, <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> no, when he signed for the club, I was, I was nine years old, so oh, um, I can't really remember much before Vincent Company, which is, so it's really weird now, the fact that He's gonna, he's gonna be gone, and he's not gonna be playing for us anymore. And uh, he's gonna be Manchester City without him in the squad and without him leading us. So, you know, all the memories of me with me growing up now watching City, you've got big moments. He's there leading us in those big moments. All those cup finals, that that game against United for the big header. I remember that thinking, wow. And every time you know, company is there. He's the man, the talisman, and he's now gonna be. Fro- I like the idea of he's now gonna be frozen in history the way he is. You know, you you picture Colin Bell in that that the, the late sixties kit. Yeah, yeah. Just the way he is with the hair, dude. You don't you don't picture him now, and I won't picture Vincent Company in forty years time the way he is then. I'll picture him now as he is celebrating. I loved how he celebrated, how exactly how exactly we were in the stands, yeah, <laughs> not just how we yeah, were yeah, yeah. on the pitch, but he yeah, celebrated like we yeah. were in the stands because he, got us, he goes mental. He's going mad. He you know he, he don't he can't control his body when he's he's running round and. I love that from Vinny, the fact that when he scored for us or when he won, won a trophy, he celebrated as if he was one of us. And yeah, he's, he's led us to, from, from where he's taken us to where we are now is absolutely unbelievable. So of course, in my eyes, he is up there. Um, definitely, we'll see when Sergio retires, we'll probably say the same, same thing with him because of the goals that he scored as well. I think we've got to give uh, Mark Hughes and Mancini credit as well for Vincent Company growing as a City player because Hughes bought him. He bought him before we were purchased by Sheikh Mansour. He came in with Zabaleta, I think it was a week before the, 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 the buyout, the purchase of the club. Um, so Zabba and, and Vinny will always be remembered for being the two players, a lot of City fans say it as well, before the money came. Um, I think Mancini, I think it was used that maybe tried him at centre-half and then Mancini converted him from an older midfielder to a centre-half. So Vinny might have been one of them older midfielders that maybe had a season or two and then got forgotten about, maybe didn't play very well in midfield and then got moved on. So without that trust and without that, that managerial nous, if you want to call it that, to, to try him and know that he could probably play there if you give him a chance, Vinny might never have been the player that we're talking about now. Um, so we've got to give them credit for that. And then I think that every manager that's been at City since, obviously Mancini in his, in his other two or three years after that, Pellegrini as well, and Pep, um, I think they've all, they've all kind of really got to grips with what Vinny's all about and they've seen him as a huge leader and they've manifested that into the squad and one one thing I want to do say about Vinny is that for a player that was at the age that Vinny was at when Pep came into to the club, 
to to adapt at that age to play a new style of football past the age of 30 is such a difficult thing to do. And the fact that he's embraced Pep's style of football when he could have just said, look, I'm an old-fashioned defender. I've played under managers at Anderlecht. I've played at Hamburg. I've played under Mark Hughes and Mancini and Pellegrini. And I don't really want to change. I think the fact that Vinny was willing to change and play a Spanish brand of football is absolutely testament to him. And the fact that he's done it so well is unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll come back to Vincent Company in a couple of future podcasts because we can maybe give it a bit more time then. But we'll let, get let, him in, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that, wouldn't that be nice? That'd be wouldn't amazing. that be nice? Put in a word. Opening <laughs> oh, yeah. contact, contact. I was going to say he gets on stage and everything. And on the, on Open invitation, Vinny. Right, <laughs> let, let me ask you then, you three, about the cup, <laughs> cup final. Um, obviously, I know you went down, Paul. Yeah. Uh, you two didn't go down, did no. you? Um, just tell me about that. What you thought about the game, and obviously from your perspective, Paul, the, the old Wembley experience, which you know you love so much. You know what? I I absolutely loved it this time. Hey. Hey. Come on! And the, and and I think the reason was is because, of course, I wanted City to win. It don't get me wrong. But after the season we've had in the Premier League, it was like a big party. Yeah. It was like a big day out. The weight lifted. You could see. You could see people's. They were, I'd seen him a couple of week the, the week before at the Brighton game. The same sort of fans about, and we all looked strained. We all looked strained, and you know under it. I, what, I saw the same people at the FA Cup, and we didn't give the monkeys. We did. I, I won't. Bother, I, I said. I said to everyone. I said, you know what? I'm not bothered if we win this or not. I know I wanted obviously I wanted them to, but and it's just that the everyone's the weight was lifted, and I think the same happened with the players. I think the players just went out and just played football with a smile. There was like eleven Bernardos out there, wasn't it? Um, it was just it was we were never going to lose that game. We were never ever going to lose that game. I just I just chilled out in in the build up to that game. Like you yeah. said, all week I didn't feel anxious. I had a good night's sleep every night. Yeah. I didn't wake up biting my nails, and that's no disrespectful <laughs> disrespect to what, what an image. Yeah, they are uh, well, straight yeah, out yeah. of bed biting the nails. <laughs> yeah, and looking in the mirror, going, "Come on, City, we'll win tomorrow." Sleeping full kit, shorts, socks, the, the whole lot. I've uh, been playing City five. Teddy. I've been playing eleven aside today. The media against the staff. Oh, I've got my full ding, kit on. I'm a full. Kit, uh, well, finish that sentence, but I am a full <laughs> kit one of them today. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing to just be able to enjoy the build up to yeah. the cup final, and that's no disrespect to Watford. I mean, Watford are a good side, Grassy has done a great job with them this season. They've been they've been really, really, really great, and they had a really good start. But I just felt relaxed because I trusted the players to deliver after the Brighton game and get us over the line. And even at, even at 0 0, when they had that chance, and Edison came out and, and fumbled uh, Pereira. I still felt like we were going to get a, a foothold in the game. Fumbled. Fumbled. I thought it was a great save. It was a great save. It was a beautiful Oh, yeah, no, no. What I mean is he, he kind of thwarted, him, thwarted yeah. and yeah. smothered Pereira yeah. then, yeah. Right, um, you can have that. And the fact that we, we came back, um, you know, back and, and fought back and, and Silva managed to get that goal um, and then we pushed on 2-0 at half-time. I felt confident at half-time we were going to score 3-4, three, three, 5 and 6. Didn't really know where it was going to go after four. I thought it could have gone yeah, eight. Yeah. It could have gone. It could have stayed at four. It was. Um, it was a great Wembley spe- spectacle, like I always imagined when I was a kid watching them on the telly with all the flags, everybody. The, the Watford the fans when you were a kid. Yeah, in black, <laughs> in black and white, obviously. <laughs> all the street was t- sat round one telly. Two Exactly, and and the Watford fans were brilliant. They stayed behind. The flags were out. They were cheering. I think they just got it. I was talking to a few after the game and they were all sort of saying it's like, you know, 
how lucky are you lot watching that week in week out we were just we were mesmerized by it we, you know we, we we're not interested in your oil money we're not interested in all that what a game of football that was what a team you've got and I, I, and it was great we had a good drink with them afterwards bumped into a few celebrities had a ian holloway brought me ding ding over. ricky atten was in ding, there ding 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 yeah. <laughs> who else <laughs> bet you introduce so, yourself as uh, hey i'm paul from prestige Car. Said, oh, you paul from prestige Car. <laughs> yeah, well, like, even sally webster and all that mrs cheeseman i saw mrs cheeseman oh wow that, that, that is oh, a celebrity well, there we go that's yeah. the biggest one of them all so apart I, from ian <laughs> I was uh, I was at home. I, I couldn't afford the stupidly priced ticket to get down to Wembley, but I I enjoyed it at home. Uh, my godfather came home from uh, Australia just to to watch it. So I was a bit of a did not uh, have it on on TV well, in Australia. No, he wanted, he wanted to come back and, and, and see it all with us, and he wanted to go to the parade. He's never never been a parade because did you have a barbie, um, mate? And then put another we did. We did, did have a barbie, but he didn't do it. We we taught him how to do a good one. The English are good. Um, so yeah, he came back for that and he's never seen a parade because he, he emigrated about 2006, obviously had a season to get with my dad back in the day and moved over. So he came back and saw his first parade and, and stayed with us for that Saturday. So I'm glad that I wasn't down at Wembley because we had all the family around, all my cousins were around just like we were for the last, last day of the season and we had a top day. And I know I had a few drinks down with me, but I was pretty confident at the start of the game as well. For the first time in God knows how many weeks, going into that game I was... I was so confident. As soon as the game against Brighton had gone, I was like, oh, I can't wait for, can't wait for Saturday, can't wait for Saturday. And it wasn't, I can't wait for Saturday for it to be over. I can't wait for Saturday so that we can go out and show everyone how good we are and, yeah. and have a good day again and show we can win it because I did believe that we were good enough. And as soon the as that Brighton game was done, yeah, the pressure, pressure was off us. our shoulders as fans, yeah. like you say. Yeah. That reflects onto the pitch and the, the players will be exactly the same. And we, Like we say, Edison changed it, well, effectively formed the game and shaped the game with that save. It was unbelievable. If that goes in, if that if that if he gets a shot away and that goes in, it's one nil. We get a bit nervy because we're not in celebration mode anymore. And all the city players might get a bit nervy. We'll probably play the same way, but the Watford players will be up uh, and we'll have a lot more momentum. Then it could be two, you know, free kick or something. I think that was so amazing. You know, I think that was amazing. Just after it, more more than the save was the 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 sweeper keeper bit. Virtually on his halfway line. Yeah, when he had when he had the ball. It, it, it was just like <laughs> yeah, guys, he's real, isn't he? He was bored, wasn't he? He was bored. But yeah, what, what a day, what a day, isn't it? Just because I wasn't, even though I wasn't there, what, what a day it was. Yeah, yeah I, 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 watched, that I watched it um, at home as well. Well, I was travelling over to Woldham to go to an 18th birthday party for the lad that I've, I've known since he was he was a baby light. And that's, that's technically a christening well, for me and, me and Cheese. He, he's, he's, he's a massive blue, and unfortunately, uh, last <laughs> this time last year, just for the World Cup, he, he lost his dad, who was a massive blue. So Kieran's obviously always looked up to me as a kid, and he always he always asked me to take him games and whatnot. So the fact that we were travelling over for his 18th, I got to watch the cup final with my best mate Joel as well I got to watch the Brighton game there at the Etihad with him and Jess as well so my two other favourite people in the world uh, apart from you Ian um, and um, and everybody here as well but you're my team obviously as well but yeah uh, the fact that I got to watch it with uh, with Kieran as well and go and celebrate his 18th birthday that night as well and then offer him a chance to come to the prayer with us as well and celebrate that with him because his dad couldn't take him. The whole weekend for me was was a superb weekend and to spend it, like you say, with the people that matter most to you and all the Blues, the the big massive family that we got to spend it all with the other day, yeah. that's everything to me and everything to everyone else, I think, as well. I want to finish with one final question, but I want to bring everybody in on this one. Um, the trouble is that we film the bits of the podcast um, but for the purposes of this don't worry about the cameras let's just get the other three back round here because um, I, I do want to get everybody's views on this um, so 
City, City have won the treble, won the quadruple in some people's eyes. There is still, as we sit here now recording this, a big question mark over the UEFA investigation and whether or not City are going to get sanctions for, uh, for all this. None of us... Well, unless you know something I don't know, know whether they're guilty, whether they're going to be found guilty at anything. But my question to you is, um, and, and I use this as an example, right? Lance Armstrong, one of the great cyclists, won all those, those uh, Tour de France's. And because then later, I know it's different because it was physical doping as opposed to what City had been accused of, but his reputation was completely destroyed by that, and now all his achievements are sort of forgotten. Is there a fear among you people that if City are found guilty, you know, that, that now all this celebration that we've had, all this enjoyment will be tarnished and, and will not mean anything anymore? I don't think it will, because I think... Drugs cheating is a it, it's everyone knows that it's wrong and drugs are wrong and that was that was clear. Whereas financial fair play, in a lot of people's opinion, is wrong in itself. The laws are wrong, and therefore we've gone. If we are if we are guilty of this and we've artificially inflated sponsorship deals to get around these laws that we think are wrong, then I think it's it's nowhere near as bad as as drug doping. Financial doping is not as bad in this respect. That's not what fans of other teams will say, though, is it? Well, I don't. To be honest, I've gone past caring because we won. Because beforehand, before the last couple of weeks, I was like, "Oh, finally, we'll get the credit we deserve. We've won the title. We've won the FA Cup. We're going to get the credit." Did we get any credit this week? Or literally match report? During match reports of that game at the weekend, they were talking about financial fair play in a match report. That's nothing to do on the gantry next to me. As I was watching Vincent Company's speech, I could hear the reporter next to me. I couldn't hear every word because I was trying to listen to what Vincent Company was saying. But she was saying uh, Manchester City wouldn't be here without the money that they spent. But I could hear all that on the gantry you're right but it doesn't and I don't want to sound like I'm you know taking you on Adam because obviously I do actually agree with what you're saying but I'm trying to play the other side of this so City let's let's just paint a scenario City are found guilty yeah yes financial doping yeah yeah yes they're thrown out the Champions League next year and every fan of every other team says What sort of a treble was that? They've been found guilty. It shows it meant nothing. You can't possibly then feel the same way that you do now about City's successes. I would personally. I would. I would. I'd still feel as proud because the the circumstances haven't changed. You know, I probably I think we have fiddled the books to be honest. I'll take it as we have. So therefore, I'm quite happy, and I will be as happy. Uh, when we're guilty, or if we're guilty, rather. You know, you know, you know what? <laughs> don't see me sitting. You know what? I don't give a monkey's. Right? Did you honestly think, Paul, that it wouldn't affect you, though, if suddenly City were thrown out the Champions League no. and, and every other fan was well, saying, this, this, yeah, you're, this, all, you're guilty. This financial not... doping, is that is that a Premier League thing or a, a UEFA thing? It's probably going to be both if, if they were found guilty not of that. Bothered. City, of every, course, every, insists that they're not single, guilty. Every single business in the world, obviously, apart from prestige car repairs, <laughs> fucks the books at some point. <laughs> every wow, one. wow, what a statement. <laughs> you know, whether it's, whether it's um, you know, not paying your, your workers enough, whether it's doing some cash jobs, whether it's uh, sticking all your money in an offshore account, whether it's not paying all your taxes by a loophole. These, these companies set up to find loopholes, they find your loophole, all top celebrities do it, 
most of the footballers who are playing for City and all other top countries around the world will all have a little tax haven somewhere with the money in. So that's just cheating anyway, isn't it? So that's the same. What difference does it make if we inflate the fact that um, 10 years support uh, 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 being as a sponsor of City, £400 million, that 10 years, £40 million. So when, you, when they set that deal up, how can you say that that's inflated when since that deal's been started, we've won the Premier League, we've won the FA Cups? If if that was Prestige Car Repairs that had set up that sponsorship deal, I'd be well chuffed because I've got a, I've got work well out of it, haven't I? It's a lot of nonsense. I just think that the uh, regardless of what goes on with the books, with the money, with the finances, that's got nothing at all to do with the fans. It's got nothing at all to do with how them players play on that pitch. They haven't got a clue what goes on in them offices. Nobody does apart from the people in the offices. It, it doesn't change how Bernardo played this season and just won the Player of the Year. It doesn't change how Pep managed the team and won Pe Manager of the Year. It doesn't change how Sterling played and got his awards this year that it might make a difference to other teams fans because it's another way to gold us or it's another way to take the mick but at the end of the day me personally it's not going to affect me um and i kind of know you as a bit of a schumacher fan right back in the day ferrari you know we're moving to formula one but there was a, you know a few things went on there financially that's, that's now out in the open wasn't quite at the time doesn't change those stats for that man doesn't change the legend that he was when he was driving that car so for me personally it's not going to change this team and it's not going to change the legendary status of these players there are sports though and you, you brought in Formula 1 that are tarnished in a way because people who don't like Formula 1 who look at it from the outside say it's all about money, it's all about Mercedes and Ferrari, I'm not going to talk about Formula 1 here but they, they, they then say that that becomes a pointless sport and fall out of love with it so this is what i'm getting at i mean you know it, if if city are found guilty then there will there will be a, an even bigger negativity towards city in the future which will affect us all as fans how does that affect you uh legally obligated not to talk about it no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have, you honest, have you said anything to you about it uh i, I can't speak about it so they are whatsoever okay. Um, <laughs> Okay. Not not anything that you'd think they might have spoken to me about. It. Um, but they. they, they <laughs> it just sounds they, like they have spoken to me no, about no, it. Um, it's okay, do you know? so stop <laughs> no, talking, Matt. No, I'll leave you alone, mate. Uh, they've they've assured us that everything. Like like Pep said, Pep's been assured that we're not guilty, and we've been assured of the same. So. I, I completely agree with what you three have said, and, and until it I'm until sorry, it well, actually comes out, this interview <laughs> my lawyer prestige character. <laughs> um, but no, I completely agree with what you three have said, and until it comes out that we are guilty, if we are guilty, then then I'll maybe think about it. But until then, I'm just going to enjoy the fact that we've yeah. got wonderful footballers and we've won a treble. So bollocks to it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. Um, I was thinking the other day. What is worst case scenario? So obviously, a few things have been floated about, like you know, ban from the Champions League, transfer ban, or whatever. I think worst possible case scenario is they wipe the record of this year. Officially, we aren't champions anymore. But I'll throw it out there. Would any of you? It's like expanding on Ian's point. Would any of you care if they scrubbed us out of the record? They're not going to do that, though, are they? They're not going to give the Premier League yeah. to Liverpool. It's not. No, it's not. Is there any point? I, in I'm just. I don't well, know. I'm saying, would yeah. you care? 
I've been annoyed at the scrubbed record. But I'd 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 just be thinking, you know what? Because we know we won it anyway, yeah. so I, can. I'm just we trying can. to make the point. I wouldn't care if yeah. it tip, tip extras out of the records book no. tomorrow. Right, right. With me, at the end of the day, I'm not saying we have land for Louisa. I think that the fact that we've spent money, uh, we might have done what people are saying we've done, or we might not have done what people are saying we've supposedly done. Regardless of any of that, Pep's the gaffer. He has to psychologically motivate the players. He has to. He has to. He has to physically motivate the players by grabbing them and coaching them and. And he has to turn up to work every day. The players have to go through rigorous, rigorous training. They have to psychologically motivate themselves. You can you could sign the best twenty-five players in world football, and it might not work. It might not work. You could sign the best twenty-five in the world, and there's no guarantees whatsoever. You have to actually make them players gel. You have to make them work synergistically, and you have to elicit a superb performance out of them. And the fact that we brought Pep in, and it has been a long-term plan, we finally got a team that we wanted together and we've started to perform, oh, so let's say started to perform, continued to perform at the top level and we've won these trophies and we've won what we've won over the last 10 years. I don't think you can take any of that away because we've done it and you, you the money doesn't determine that. There's no guarantees whatsoever. You I think that's a great way actually to end this podcast. Right. So uh, we're going we're gonna to do a couple more podcasts uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks where we'll talk about uh, possibly developments in that in that area uh, about player of the year there's, there's all sorts of different things we can talk about so thanks very much for now all of you uh, obviously we've got the big squad together because it's end of season I thought it was a nice way to do it um, we wish well to Emily who's away on holiday Aww, at the moment miss you. missed out miss you. a little bit of it also um, if she's listening uh, we haven't forgotten you and hopefully she'll be back on a, on a podcast fairly soon uh, but thanks very much for listening thanks very much tell everybody about the podcast because we are going to carry on with a weekly podcast might be a bit of a mini one all the way through the summer so that you don't have to uh, worry about withdrawal symptoms and thanks very much to uh, hot clip marketing who is sponsoring uh, the podcast as well and helping out uh, the, we're all going at the gang are all going out for a meal as well in a couple of weeks yeah, so which, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So was, uh, you'll be on holiday don't we oh, organized it so sorry. paul was on holiday so <laughs> <laughs> We'll eat yours. <laughs> and thanks very much. As well, speaking of holidays, thanks very much to the Holiday Inn as well at Central Park, who've yeah, been the... Nice, uh, so smooth nice that segue, was. That. I t- Will takes the credit for that, um, <laughs> for, for uh, being our venue for tonight as well. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, subscribe, it's free. Give us five stars, give us a review, and tell everybody, and thanks we very much. We want to thank you as well, Ian, before oh, yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, thank thanks you, for a so, wonderful season. Yeah. Thanks for having us all down here. Thanks for doing the vlog. It's absolutely yeah, outstanding. Yeah. You're too kind. Thank you. <laughs>